0: If you um, bulldoze it or pull it out, you will end the seed bank and, and create.
1: As you know, on the Farms Advice podcast, we want to put a little bit more back in your pocket as a farmer, and we want you to have the time to be able to enjoy yourself off the back of that and improve your daily routine. I was contacted by Christina Boone, thankfully down in Vic, about a problem that's pretty evident across Victoria but also Australia alone, and that is Gorse weed. Gorse weed was introduced in the early 1800s as an ornamental and hedge plant. It's now one of the worst weeds in the country. It used to be made for wine and tea as a fun fact. Um, And you could pickle it in vinegar. But there's worse things about this weed and I'll let Christina divulge on them. Let's get into it. Well, welcome to the Farms Advice podcast, Christina Boone. Thank you so much for coming on, but also for reaching out. You reached out about the project you're working on. Um, but also, it's great to have you on the podcast.
0: Thank you, Jack. Great to be here.
1: So, kick me off. What What's your role before we get into it, what this episode's all about?
0: So, I work for the Victorian Gorse Taskforce. Um, Gorse is a noxious weed um, we're concerned with coordinating efforts in victoria and um, externally from the state to get best practice advice on to landholders and stakeholders and how to get on top of this um, weed gorse
1: beautiful and so describe to me what gorse is as best you can for the audio listeners
0: gorse is a weed in the pea family um, and via being a pea, it has the ability to fix nitrogen and to create its own fertilizer and outcompete other species. Now, the worst things about it, I suppose, uh, is that it is one of the it is a prickly weed. It forms dense prickly thickets. Yeah. It um, harvests feral animals: um, foxes, rabbits, mice, feral cats, and it is high in flammable oils. It burns extremely volatile. Um, it burns ferociously. And it reduces farm stocking rates. It threatens native bushland and recreation reserves. It, it, it's one of the worst weeds. It's declared a national, um, it's, it's declared as one of the weeds of national significance. So Australia considers it one of the worst weeds.
1: Yeah, so that's a pretty big thing to say when it comes to weeds. We've got plenty to deal with, but where, whereabouts is gorse? Where are the sort of hotspots um for it?
0: Yeah, good question. So it's in the southern states mainly. It's in every state of Australia, but um, its hotspots are in the southern states. So southern Western Australia, all of South Australia, Victoria, Tasmania, New South Wales. It's currently um covering about a million hectares, but it has the potential to cover about 87 million hectares. It's the potential to um, grow in all soil types. Is that yeah.
1: like a million hectares Is if it's like a gorse crop? That's how like, the plant's taking up?
0: Correct. That's how much the plant's taking up. So it's more like about 23 million hectares that it's affecting um, and, and 1 million hectares that it's covering.
1: Is it a quick growing, like it seeds each year and then another... Thousand plants grow around it, how does it work?
0: Yes, um, so after germination it's flowering and setting seeds at about 18 months of age. Its its spread is quite slow, which is good um, in that its seeds don't spread far from the parent plant. Um, so you can in one way control its growth and spread However, if it's on a watercourse or so, then those seeds will float and it will just go, you know, the water line. But it is – it will grow to about four metres within seven years and its seed bank is prolific and its seed bank is persistent. So its seeds will stay viable for about
1: 30 years. Yeah, right. And build, building up how, how – like how we actually – Um, dealing with the problem are you spraying it out or is it complete removal and just sort of get rid of that seed bank each year
0: the best way is to reduce its bulk so mulch it down and and spray it those are the two the best ways there is organic ways however the best and quickest way is easier to use herbicide um there when it's quite large you you really should mulch it down Definitely. then when it regrows then spray it so you're not hitting it with as much herbicide but um yeah so you you either have to if you um bulldoze it or pull it out you will anger the seed bank and and create um further growth
1: okay what what are farmers doing for at the moment is there farmer groups is this quite um i have seen the weed somewhere before but I don't think it was on our place. But yeah. for the southern farmers down in Victoria, yeah. South Australia, are there is there someone that you can go to the Correct. local service for New South Wales equivalent?
0: Um, well we at the Victorian Gorse Task Force recommend you either you reach out even to the Victorian Gorse Task Force, so um dot com dot AU. Um, There's also the Virtual Extension Officer website which has been created, um, you can use that that nationally, um, you can find that at virtualextensionofficer.com.au and what that does is you can pop in your parameters of your property, your gorse infestation type size and it will give you the best advice on how to to control that for you. So it's a tailored um, website which we think is pretty cool. So Victoria um that's the virtual extension office website. So nationally though, um, the the national government has put out a best practice guide on gauze, which can be accessed through the Victorian Gorse Task Force website, and you can branch out into other resources that way as well. Is the yeah. problem well, we
1: must get on top of it. Yeah. So is the problem as severe in the other states as it is in Victoria or like is there other gore? Goals- Team members across the nation.
0: Uh I Tasmania is active, and South Australia, and and then of course Victoria. It's because um externally, but in New Zealand, it's an extreme problem. So they've got it where you know it, it very much. It's taken over the landscapes. So it it can and will get bad, and it will. Uh, it's it will majorly affect agriculture if we let it
1: what sort of um land is it tending towards it sounds like it's tended towards the the rolling hills of victoria south australia or is it yeah
0: so it can it can be over all soil types however when it was introduced it it was introduced um early 1800s and introduced with the um the British and the English coming here and wanting to create fencing because it is so impenetrable um and, and spiny and thick and then with, with the gold rush I believe it, it was propagated further to create boundaries on, on you know their stakeholders and so it's also very much associated with gold mining and in gold mining country is yes. very thick with us.
1: So well, that's yeah. the descendants of whoever introduced it. But um, it actually might be, is it from England, the weed, or Europe?
0: It's from Western Europe, yeah, mainly the Britain area, Portugal,
1: yeah. um, Western Europe. France. As a hedge or something like that, splitting up the, the fields, as they say.
0: Yeah, correct. And also, it was seen as a fodder. You had to pound the spine so it wasn't, um, so its defences were all taken care of. but... Um, so it was a fodder, but we don't use it like that anymore. Once it's hardened, um, animals, horses, cows, yep. they won't eat it. Um, goats goats will eat it if it's soft and young.
1: Yeah, they eat anything. Um, yeah. Some quick tips on best practices if you have gorse out there as a farmer. Um,
0: yep. Um, so control the growth and spread, and we must control the growth, growth and spread um, according to the um, some legislation. Um, so, quick tips would be to work from upstream to downstream, yeah. um, and work from those isolated plants inwards to the larger um, stand of the plants. So, don't let those isolated plants set seed, and then you've got a generational problem of um, decades-long seed banking those isolated patches. Um, so, work inwards. Don't try and tackle it all at once if you can't or haven't got the resources to. Just do um, a patch well and think of it long-term and keep going back and and double-checking it. Um, Don't burn or mulch uh, what what looks dead um, for at least 12 months because it will come back. Yep. Um, Burning isn't a quick fix. If you burn, you will... Um, set off the germination again, and it won't kill the plants as such. It'll just bring them back to life with more vigor. And because it burns so hot with those oils, it has the ability to prevent the native grasses from coming back. So they just get you just get a stronger monoculture. Um, and yeah, be kind to yourself, and you'll you will get there. If you've got a patch of gorse, reach out, get support, connect with your local landcare group.
1: There is some sort of form of support out there, like monetary or anything like that, a task force that literally drives around, or how does that work?
0: Um, there's, the Victorian Course Task Force gives out community grants every year, so you can uh, apply for funding, and it's a um, for every dollar you spend, you get a dollar uh, reimbursed, sorry, 50-50, um, and... The ones this year have closed, but keep your eye out for next year if you're in the Victorian area. So those we have those grants. Um, best to access them through your local land care network. But um, in other states, I'm not so sure, to be honest.
1: Very good. But any like what is a farm's advice that you'd like someone to take away from this episode dealing with gorse um, out there? Should they just go straight to the website and get The best resources there, and
0: yeah, yes, I think so. So, the best practice um, guides are all there. The, the best information that current information because there is a lot of misinformation out there, and there's a lot of despair and heartbreak when people do things the way they think they should, or some other advice they've got. So, go straight to the um, Victorian Gorse Task Force's website to get the best practice advice and get linked into community groups, etc., from there um, to get that support.
1: Beautiful. Well, thanks for coming on to the podcast, showing the awareness of what is so important. What's at risk in the next couple of years if this isn't taken um, the right action? On top of it, like we were at a million hectares, you said. Now, what's the risk?
0: Um, so obviously the, the the growth and spread will continue, um, and it will. It has the potential to take over. It was will. Decimate eventually decimate the economy. Um, so it reduces farm stocking rates. It reduces, reduces access to um, to your stock and your waterways. It puts, threatens your assets nearby because of how uh, flammable it is. So, and it, because of its harbouring of feral animals, we're going to have an influx of rabbits. Um, we're going to. Severely impact all our um, things we hold dear, like our native vegetation and our recreational reserves and our ability to walk paths. Um, we we seem to have lost a little bit of a handle on it and let it spread, but we need to come back on that and actually control it. So there's a lot of misinformation out there, but the information that needs to get out there and, and everybody needs to do their part to, to reduce that. And that's um, why I'm here today and I'm very appreciative that you've allowed I need to be here and chat to you.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's great that states sort of jump across and we're getting the knowledge too from each state across Australia, even though it does impact every state currently. Entered.
0: Yeah, correct. Yeah, you, Jack, you said you're in New South Wales. I recently drove through New South Wales and I saw quite a lot of it. I was a bit surprised on how much I saw. So it's, it's creeping, it's very much creeping around. I mean, and it's in every state. It will eventually... Um, just keep on creeping so we need to we need to do something and get everyone needs to get onto to the website find the best practice advice and and see what they can do to get rid of it but um there's some new technology nowadays um in farming so for example an eco blade i'm not sure if you've ever heard of that but it's um an implement that goes on the front of a skid steer or the back of a tractor and it wicks a little bit of herbicide on the underneath of a slasher blade which can drive over a gorse oh, yeah. infestation, yeah, yeah. and as it slashes, it'll just wick a little bit of um, herbicide on that directly cut uh, stem and it will kill that root in one pass. So that's a brilliant implement um, that is out there that you can um, access or fire or um, – yeah. and actually, on that note, if you're going to go through and cut – so controlling your isolated uh, gorse plants in a paddock, if you're um, working from the outer line plants inwards. If you're going to cut them and dab them with a bit of herbicide, the cut and paint method, you've got 20 seconds from the cut to dabbing with herbicide to kill that plant. That's your open window, 20 seconds. That's important.
1: That's really, well, it's a bit of a mouthful, all about one weed, but a very important yes. oh, No doubt. Yes,
0: sorry. <laughs> yeah.
1: Keep it going. Um, <laughs> what can the community sort of do together and to um, combine their efforts? Like when we were trying to bait foxes, I imagine it's probably the same with gorse weed. We need to be yes. in our neighbour, his neighbour.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it, and it can be very frustrating for neighbours. Neighbours can be very frustrating for other neighbours and one neighbour will think, oh, you know, why do I need to, it's not affecting you, but it really is. And if you've got a gorse problem, you're likely to have a rabbit problem and some of the other problems that go with that. And it can be very, um. so as soon as you've really got gorse, you, you're very soon likely going to have um, a couple of rabbits. And as we know, those rabbits are going to be, you know, over 100 rabbits possibly yeah. in, in, in a year or so time. And it, and they harbour the warrens and it's hard to get um, rid of the warrens underneath the gorse. And and around the flammability, it it's it's extremely hard for it doesn't need much to burn. Um, it can burn in the rain. It can burn green, and it burns extremely hot, and is such a threat to assets nearby. And because that center of gorse is so dry and fine, and those bits go flying off to just take off um, and burn other uh, things in the landscape. So gorse uh, increases your risk of losing other things you all dear nearby, and...
1: Does it flower in, like, springtime?
0: It mostly flowers in autumn and spring, but it can flower all year round. Yeah. Yeah, so stopping that, particularly stopping those individual plant, plants from flowering as they, one pops up because it got taken by a bird or an ant or something, those ones you've got to, you've really got to get those ones and stop that generational decade problem in that new area and contain it and um and then deal with the long-term follow-up on that one yeah.
1: Beautiful. So keep it contained, should be good.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um and also the other thing is a lot of people um because it's such a, an awful weed it reduces land values and it. what a lot of people do if they're thinking of selling up or selling up their farm, selling up this, that, the other, they'll um, they'll, contain it for that year. They'll go and mulch it all. They'll make it look all good and then they'll sell the property and the next person has this burden that they never expected. So keep, you've got to keep your eye out too when you're purchasing a new property. Yeah. That's a trick that a lot of people do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and done quite easily. Um, you can see the reasons for it, and or, or even not to do it if you're selling or buying and everything. And that's the sort of knock-on value, isn't it? When a lot of things happen like that, um, if you get, yeah. rid of the loss, you get rid of all these sort of different little elements, um, that seem to come together at the end.
0: Yeah, correct. Yeah, but it can be it can be gotten rid of. It, 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 it's persistent, but it um okay. it's something that we can do, which is is what we've got to keep in mind. Yeah, the, the, and that virtual extension officer website can give a lot of insight on how is best for yourself.
1: Yep. Yeah, great stuff. Well, I have to get onto the virtual extension. I didn't know what that was about. Yeah, it's
0: pretty cool. So you don't actually have to organise somebody to come out and chat to you. You can just go and do it yourself with your parameters that are specific to you.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well, for this episode, I'll drop the links in the show notes. So for anyone looking to get the resources. Or the Vic Farmers website, they can go ahead and do so.
0: Yeah, excellent. Thanks, Jack.
1: Is right cool. on, I'll Leave it there. That's fine. Yeah.
0: Good luck with your lamb. Why is it sick?
1: Um, he he lost his mum young, and then we put him onto hay, and I think he's not reacting to oh. the hay.
0: Um,
1: yeah. Like he should.
0: Oh, what kind of sheep?
1: Yeah, we've got a white Dorper stud.
0: A white white Dorper stud. Yeah. Oh, I've only got a few white Dorpers, but I love them. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're very good. Whereabouts are you based?
0: Um, Dalesford, Victoria.
1: Oh right yeah.
0: Central Highlands, gold country actually,
1: yeah. Yep, beautiful.
0: Epicenter of Gorse in Victoria.
1: We'll keep in touch anyway.
0: Cool. Thanks so much, Jack. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Cheers. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.
1: This Farms Advice episode does not stop here. Come and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or TikTok and even join our Facebook group. Go to farmsadvice.com.au for more on this episode and spread the hashtag Farms Advice to your mates. If you can leave a review on Apple or Spotify, that will let other farmers find us too. But until then, see you next Tuesday.